The Productive Woman, Episode 169. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you for joining me. In this episode, I'll share with you my conversation with former advertising executive and now writer and speaker, Courtney Carver. You'll find more information about Courtney, along with links to resources she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 169. This episode is brought to you by BarkBox and Care.com. Be sure to check out BarkBox.com if you have a dog you'd like to treat well. If you visit BarkBox.com slash productive, you'll get a free extra month of BarkBox when you subscribe to a 6- or 12-month plan. And I'll share a little more about BarkBox later on in the episode. For now, I am delighted to welcome a new sponsor to The Productive Woman. Care.com is the world's largest online destination for finding and managing family care, providing access to 11 million caregivers across more than 20 countries. And they're offering 30% off a Care.com premium membership to The Productive Woman listeners who subscribe by going to care.com slash productive. Care.com is a place where you can find care for everyone in the family, kids, pets, parents, and aging loved ones, your home. You can find great caregivers near you, sitters and nannies, housekeepers, dog walkers, senior care, tutors, errand runners, and much more. They, these are people who are available full-time, part-time, anytime. And at care.com, you can find, book, and pay for care all in one place. They provide access to background check options to make you feel safer as you're making your hiring decisions. And getting started is easy. It's as a uh, it's it, you can join free to search for local caregivers and become a premium member to reach out to caregivers, schedule interviews, even book and pay for care online or through their app. It was very simple for me to sign up and create an ad for help with housekeeping. Honestly. When I first went there, I thought, well, I live in this kind of rural area, an hour plus outside of Dallas. I wasn't sure I would be able to find any local housekeeping help. And I was pleasantly surprised at the number of caregivers I found in this local area when I entered simply my zip code to search. I ended up with a number of really good options to choose from, and I'll be interviewing and hiring some part-time help very soon. Uh, It's really a simple process to use it. They make it very easy and intuitive. You can post a job description and view in-depth caregiver profiles that include work experience, any certifications they might have, special skills to find a perfect fit for your family, and it costs less than you might think. That is the to to find help. Um, you know, as we're right now, the uh, you're listening to this. The holidays are right around the corner. You can hire a housekeeper to take cleaning prep off your hands, but holidays aren't the only occasion to spruce up the place. 
Maybe you've got family visiting or birthday parties, date nights, going away for vacation, or maybe you've just brought home a newborn baby when and things get hectic. You can find a housekeeper there to help you so you, you can have time to enjoy your situations. Uh, there are lots of options here, uh, but care.com is just really a good resource even for people like me who live in a rural community. Um, As I said, you can sign up for free, definitely check it out, but go to care.com slash productive. And if you decide to go for that premium membership, you'll get 30% off the price. Very good resource. Love it uh, and, and definitely recommend it. All right. So let's get right now into my conversation with Courtney Carver. I'm really excited to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Courtney Carver. Courtney is a writer, a speaker, and a thought leader in the area of what's been called voluntary simplicity. She's the founder of Be More With Less and the creator of a wardrobe streamlining method she calls Project 333, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit here. She lives with her family in Utah, where a few years ago, they downsized from a house to a small apartment. And I have I've really been looking forward to talking with Courtney about how she manages her busy life and what ideas she might have for the rest of us. So welcome, Courtney. Hi, Laura. Thanks. Thank you. Well, I'm so glad that you could make time to talk with us today. Um, You've been doing some interesting work over the last few years, and maybe we'll get into a little bit about how you started doing that. Uh, My introduction of you is pretty brief. To give a little context for the listeners who maybe don't happen to know who you are, uh, can you maybe tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, how you got started doing what you do? Sure, I'd be happy to. I noticed that you mentioned something about my busy life uh, just a second ago, and I kind of chuckled because my life really isn't that busy. Uh, It may look like that sometimes from the outside, but I've worked it Uh, now so that it's not as busy as you may think, um, because I used to have a really busy, crazy, stressful life. I worked in sales and marketing uh, for a publishing company and was just one of those go, go, go people who wanted to do it all, have it all. And uh, in in the process of creating that lifestyle, I also had all the debt all the clutter and stuff, um, all the the nonsense that really comes with stretching ourselves too thin, including uh, a chronic autoimmune condition. I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in mm. 2006. And while I don't think that crazy, busy, stressful lifestyle caused the MS, I know it contributed to Uh, the relapses, and to just not feeling my best. And that diagnosis was really my first big wake-up call that I decided to answer and restructure my life so that I could live well with MS and uh, be happier and healthier uh, all the way around. Yeah. And it's isn't it interesting that sometimes it takes something like that to kind of make us put a pause, you know, push the pause button and think about the life that we're choosing and whether it's the best 
choice for us. Um, hopefully, uh, I think knowing some of the things that I've learned about you in preparing for this episode, I think a, a lot of the lessons you've learned could be really valuable to those who don't have an illness like MS and maybe don't need to wait for that kind of wake-up call, as you called it, to make some changes in their life to be happier and healthier. I hope so. And I don't think, yeah, I think we all, those of us who are very busy, do sometimes suffer from maybe not something like MS, but headaches or feeling run down or just overwhelmed with having to do it all. So I hope that I can offer something of value today. Yeah, uh, I, I don't doubt it a bit. So as we talk about, as we always do on this show, about sort of the things, the tools and the systems and the approaches that you use to manage your life, and you've, you've already given us a uh, preview of the fact that you have intentionally changed your life to be not as busy as it once was. But for us to understand what you what you do and how it works for you, I think it's always helpful to have a little bit of context um, for those things. So if you could, if there is such a thing for you as a typical day, could you share briefly what that might look like? My days are all uh, pretty different lately, it seems, uh, because my daughter just got a new puppy <laughs> and all of a sudden things are changing But it because I'm spending some time with a puppy. But I'm reminded that that's life, like things are constantly changing over time. So I do try to have some constants uh, in each day. And one of those things is starting with a morning routine Hmm. and some days it's only five minutes long. Some days it's two or three hours long, just depending on what I have planned for the day, the time I have, if I'm traveling. Uh, but I always try to do a, even a mini version if I don't have time to do the full blown morning routine. And in that morning routine, I include things like, um, meditating, writing, yoga, walking, sometimes reading, you know, things that I really enjoy, things that fuel me, things that ground me. And that's the the one constant in each of my days. Mm -hmm. And then from there, because I work for myself, I can really work from anywhere. So I will either work at my daughter's apartment with her puppy while she's at work, or I work Uh, when I'm traveling or I work from my apartment like I am today. And I, I really strive to do my more creative work first thing in the morning, uh, instead of doing the easy stuff like email, social media, kind of the, I mean, not mindless stuff, but what doesn't require a, a ton of creativity on my part. I like to do that before lunch and then, uh, take a nice big break Uh, to eat lunch and take a walk or whatever it is, however I want to spend my time, but really have a good solid break in the afternoon. And then in the later part of the day, I generally tend to do the more um, administrative type work. So that's kind of a typical day for me if I'm, if I'm home. And, and, that's obviously, as you've already mentioned, very different from the way you lived your life before um, when you were in advertising, doing the things that you were doing kind of in corporate America, so to speak. Can you talk a little bit about how you made that transition 
you've mentioned kind of why you made the transition, but how you made it and how some of the things that you've incorporated in your life now might work even for those who don't work from home, who still have to go to an office or a workplace during the day. The changes that I made happened over long stretches of time. So nothing happened overnight. And many of the things that I implemented, I implemented while I was still working full time for a company. So I wasn't really on my own time. Uh, But that's where I started my morning routine, for instance, even though I didn't have a ton of time in the morning, I'm just creating this short window of space for myself before I went to work, before I had breakfast, before I interacted with my family, just fed myself first, made a huge difference. Uh, The other thing that I stopped doing is checking my email all the time. Uh, Mm -hmm. That was a definite uh, hard transition for me because I was used to responding immediately to everyone all day long and even much of the evening. And I realized that that had to stop, especially when I uh, noticed that I was even doing it in my car. Mm -hmm. So I was constantly on the phone, even while driving. Like that was the most important thing to me, at least by my actions, was responding to people. And it became this autopilot, just got to do it, got to do it. It's my job. But when I decided to cut that out, uh, my sales actually went up. Mm-hmm. And nobody noticed that I wasn't available at every moment of the day. That made a huge difference. That's such a that's an interesting point because we've had conversations on this show, and I've had conversations with people just in real life about that very issue, the issue of email and responsiveness. And uh, you know, for me, my day job is as a lawyer, a real estate lawyer doing transactional work. And the expectation in that field is that you are very, very responsive, like immediately responsive, almost 24-7. And if you don't do that, you know, if you don't answer your client, they'll just call a different lawyer. And so hearing that your experience was that it didn't negatively impact your work, I think that's really a a valuable thing to hear. It it definitely didn't. And I think there's one thing we forget to consider when we're checking email. It's not just the time that we're in the inbox. It's the time it takes to recover from the distraction of being there. Mm. So basically, you're spending your whole day responding to email or recovering from responding to email. And that didn't make any sense to me. I'm sure there are some industries where you need to be more immediate. And I'm not talking like I was waiting weeks to email people back. But I would, you know, potentially email the next day mm-hmm. instead of, oh my gosh, I got an email. I must respond immediately. I think it just takes some some testing, experimenting, even having really meaningful chats with clients about what their expectations are and how you think you can serve them better, uh, perhaps by not responding immediately. Because what happens when we're doing that is we're just reacting. Mm-hmm. where if we have a little time, we can thoughtfully respond. And there are just worlds of differences in what you say between those two places. Yeah, that is so very true. And and the point you made about being able to serve clients or customers or whatever um, in, in a better way, uh, if you're not 
always looking at email. If you're if you don't have those alerts going on, you know, going off at all times of the day, uh, you know, because the other side of my work, for instance, is I have to draft contracts that require thought, that require. Um, concentration. And I have found I can't do that if my email is pinging at me all the time. And so for me, I've turned off all the alerts. And when I'm working on drafting a contract or reviewing something somebody else has drafted, I close my inbox, I don't look at it, and I have to create that kind of undisturbed space. But it seems like it's hard for people to do. And a lot of us, I mean, I've read some things, and I'm sure you have as well, about the sort of addictive nature of of whether it's social media or email or any of those things um, and those alerts that come at us. The notifications, yeah, it just seems like they're slowly chipping away at our attention spans at our ability to focus, as you mentioned, to be creative. It, it's pretty destructive if we're not putting boundaries around things like email and social media. Yeah. And so do you, aside from things like turning off the notifications, do you uh, have certain times of, of the day that you uh, check your email? Or how do you manage that to create that space for yourself and create those boundaries? Well, for starters, I like to have digital free days. So Mm -hmm. maybe one day a week if I can swing it or uh, little chunks of time during the day. So if I go for a walk, uh, for instance, I'm not using my device. I'm not checking email. Uh, It just depends on my workflow and uh, obligations uh, in terms of what I'm able to do. But I know that if I don't draw the boundaries. If I don't challenge myself to unplug, I'll just stay plugged in because it's pretty interesting. Like there's good stuff happening out there on the internet. I just get a little distracted from all the good stuff that's happening right in front of me. And that's not healthy. Yeah. So true. Well, that kind of ties into, um, as I was learning more about you and the the things that you do, I, I read an article where you were interviewed and you and they referred to this concept of voluntary simplicity as as being kind of the area that the direction that you went from the busy life that you had before. Can you talk about that a little bit? what What's meant by that and how that has played out in your life? Well, the, my first step into uh, a new type of life or lifestyle wasn't actually simplicity, but my goal was to eliminate stress. That was how I thought I could live a healthier life, uh, by eliminating stress. And so I looked at stress in my diet at first and got rid of that. I looked at the stress of debt and got rid of that. And I say this all like it was just easy peasy, but it wasn't. It took a long time to to make these changes. But that was my focus, getting rid of stress. And then I was looking at the stress of the stuff in my house. And right around there is when I kind of put the pieces together that the underlying thread and all the changes that I was making was simplicity. Hmm. I was simplifying things. Um, I was doing less. And it, it wasn't from a place of of necessity, really. It was voluntary. It was my decision to to simplify things so that I could be healthier, so that I could pay better attention, so I could figure out how I wanted to spend my time, money, and energy. Hmm. I think that's what 
I mean, at least for me, that's, that's how I think of voluntary simplicity. Yeah, that it's not imposed upon you, but that you've chosen it because of the results that you get from it. One of the areas of, of simplifying that you're kind of known for, and, and this was the first place that I had heard about you, I'd heard you talk about it on some other podcasts, and I'd read some articles, was your Project 333. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. This is pretty funny because it's sort of an accident that I, I am known for that. I, in 2010, shortly after I started my blog, I wanted to create a challenge for my closet because I had simplified other areas of my life, but not my closet. And I really needed a plan or a challenge or some rules. And I couldn't find anything that resonated with me online. And so I made my own challenge up and I created some rules like for three months, I would dress with only 33 items, including uh, shoes, clothing, jewelry, and accessories and workout clothes wouldn't count underwear and sleepwear didn't count. But I wrote about the challenge on my blog and jumped in in October of 2010 for three months and it took off. It sort of had a life of its own. People were very interested and wanted to try the challenge themselves. And they were noticing such amazing benefits, not even really anything to do with clothes or fashion, but how it was impacting their day-to-day life that they were writing about it online, telling their friends. Uh, and now tens of thousands of people from all over the world have tried the challenge. And there's information about this on your website, right? Or, or does Project 333 have its own website? I, I... It did for a minute, but it doesn't anymore. So <laughs> it's on, uh, you just go to bemorewithless.com slash project dash 333. Or if you just Google Project 333, you'll find it. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating concept to me. Um, I it, it, one of the things that I've been doing, and I've talked about this a little bit recently on the podcast, um, that my husband and I are almost empty nesters, and we have a we live out in the country. We've got tons of space. We've been married for thirty eight plus years, so we have a lot of stuff that we've accumulated over the years. But we've we've been talking on and off in the last few months about. Can we simplify? Can we unload some of this stuff so that we have more options that we don't have to live in this big house out in the country if we wanted to do something else? And so every time we talk about that, I think about this big closet that I have that's full of clothes that mo- for the most part I don't wear. Um, I go back to the same things that I like the best and wear those all the time. And yet the thought of, of, of kind of restricting myself on purpose is, is, um, I'm not sure what I think about that. I mean, I think it's a great idea and I just wonder about doing it, but I know you've written so much about it and I've seen other people have written about how they've made it work. So uh, I, it's, it's something very much worth considering and either way, I have a lot of things to get rid of. So you're an inspiration to me. Well, thank you. It can sound scary or a little overwhelming at first. And I think most people really have to think about it for a bit before they jump in. Uh, But remember, you don't have to get rid of anything at first. It's just an experiment. So I think if you can approach it with 
some curiosity Mm -hmm. and open-heartedness that you'll see for after three months, it's way easier to let go of that other stuff that you haven't seen in three months. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Very true. I I can absolutely see how that would be the case. Um, So this is, this is a process that you've been this, the simplifying and and building a life around and a, and a business for that matter around the idea of simplicity. Uh, You've been doing that for quite a while. And so it would be easy to think that you've got kind of all the, the challenges to staying productive all figured out. So let me ask this, you know, I I think everybody's life is a little different presents different kinds of challenges as far as staying productive and, and, and getting the things done that really matter to them. Do you have any of those challenges left? What, what would be your biggest challenges when it comes to those, to staying productive as you define it? Well, I'm by no means a productivity expert. (laughs) And of course I struggle with that, but there's one thing that has changed the way I think of productivity overall, and in how I accomplish things. There's a couple things, but the the first thing and the most important thing uh, that I do differently now is that I do less. Mm. I do less, which was a very challenging transition for me because I used to measure the success of my day or who I thought I was based on how many items I crossed off my to-do list Mm. or how much I accomplished And I realized that my measuring system was kind of messed up. Like, why was I measuring by what I accomplished instead of measuring by who I really was, by how I treat people, by my heart? That's my measuring system now. And I know things still have to get done. And I guess I just really focus on saying no more often than I'm comfortable with. So it used to be that I would say yes, even though my heart was saying no. And now I say no many more times than I say yes, so that I have room for the things I want to say yes to. That's probably the most important thing or things is doing less and changing your measurement system. Like make sure the reason that you're doing all the things isn't because that makes you feel good or because that's your definition of a successful day. Because there's more to life than that. Uh, And then you mentioned, you know, getting the most meaningful or important things done. And I think that's our big challenge is when we have so much to do, when everything's important, nothing is. Mm -hmm. We don't know how to figure out what is important. So then we have to come back to doing less, really taking a hard look at our calendars and delegating or taking things off completely that aren't important and that makes time for the other things on the list. And we have to be on that list too. Mm. Maybe that's number three for me. I have to be on that list in terms of, you know, if I don't include taking care of myself every single day, then I'm going to be less productive no matter what. I'm not going to be as efficient. I'm not going to have the energy that I, that I could have. And I can't give myself to the things on my calendar or on my list or in my life if I'm not on the list as well. Yeah, we just talked about that recently um, a couple episodes uh, a couple episodes ago. We talked about the fact that 
Um, Self-care is not taking a break from being productive. It's actually a necessary component of being productive in whatever sense you define that term. And certainly over the course of the years that I've been doing this podcast and thinking about productivity, my definition has changed from exactly the way you, what you were just saying. I, I used to think a productive day was a day when I checked lots of things off a to-do list. I, I don't believe that anymore. I think now productivity is about doing the things that are the most important to me. And as, as we talk about it on the show, about making a life that matters and how that's defined is going to be different for every person. So it requires that thought about, well, what does matter to me? What kind of life do I want to live? What kind of person do I want to be? And how do I need to change my schedule and my, uh, you know, my to-do list and my world in order to live that kind of life and be that kind of person? And that sounds very much like what you're talking about there. Yeah, I definitely agree. And even if you have, if you're working for someone else or you're not in total control of your schedule, don't dismiss the idea that you do have some control and that you could have some difficult conversations with employers or colleagues. You might be able to restructure more than you think you can. Mm. Yeah, that's that's such a good point. And it's something that comes up so often uh, in talking with whether it's people in my mastermind groups or or women in the the productive woman community Facebook group or just emails that I get, uh, I think we feel um, helpless sometimes that we are in a situation that we are not the one in charge and other people are imposing priorities on us. And so, you know, how do you have that conversation? How I I, I would say it starts from making the decision internally that it's important enough to do so. For sure. For sure. And I mean, you, everyone's going, every situation is going to be a little bit different, but I think demonstrating or asking your employer, you know, say for instance, that you work five days a week, nine hours a day. My suspicion is Actually, I could almost guarantee that if you were working fewer hours each day, you would accomplish the same amount of work that you're accomplishing in a full day. Because the last couple hours of the day in a nine-hour day, you're not getting a lot done in most circumstances. You're tired. You're hungry. You're ready to go home. Um, If we chopped a couple hours off, and I know every uh, employer out there is just screaming at their device, listening to this right now, (laughs) but it's the truth. I mean, it really is. If we are, if I know for myself, I could easily fill a whole full day of work, 10 hours, 11 hours, 12 hours, whatever. There's always more to do. There's no question about it. But if I try to push through and I skip my morning routine or I don't take a break at lunch or whatever the case may be, my work suffers. I don't get as much done. And the following day, I am just a hot mess. Mm -hmm. I am not getting anything done on the next day. So if we don't pace ourselves, if we don't take care of ourselves, um, and I think working less, doing less, that is, it's the hard truth. Like you will actually get more done if you're doing that, but you have to experiment and prove it to yourself and prove it to the people around you um, for them to buy into that. Yeah. And there, I mean, there are, 
There are studies out there that prove exactly the point that you're making, that, that you know, it, it's sort of the converse of that work expands to fill the time available for it. Well, if you reduce that time, you compress the time and you say, not, I'll, I need to work for, you know, nine hours a day to get all this stuff done, but to say, I'm going to spend five hours and get all these things, get the things done that matter in those five hours and you stay focused and you, you know, put your attention and your effort toward that. There's, there are studies out there that show that that's absolutely, absolutely the truth, what you just described. And there's anybody who works in any workplace where they work that kind of schedule knows how much of the time is wasted. So. Oh yeah. It's yes. (laughs) Well, well, let me ask this. I want to talk a little bit about some of the things that you have coming up, but um, just for, on a practical level, uh, in terms of managing your schedule, you have, you know, you do uh, your writing, you do speaking, you do, you know, you have a family that you care for, uh, the various things that you do, uh, even though you're very intentional about what you're doing and limiting what you're doing to the important things, are there any particular tools that you like or resources that you recommend for managing your time, managing your space? any of those sorts of things? I use a paper calendar and pen. So I'm not really up on the, a lot of the digital productivity tools, for instance, but I do use Headspace for mm-hmm. meditating, which I think contributes to my productivity quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Headspace app. And I'm trying to think about things that I use on a day-to-day basis. Is there a particular uh, kind of, of paper calendar you like, or is it just, you know, whatever comes in the mail or something like that? Recently I have been bullet journaling, mm. which is a kind of a calendaring slash planning system. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do it in conjunction with a, just a basic paper planner, but I really like bullet journaling because it's kind of this combination of creativity and, and planning. Uh, so yeah, I would recommend looking into that, uh, or bullet journaling or dot journaling it's called. Yeah. We've talked about that some in the past. I actually started an experiment with bullet journaling earlier this year, Uh, even though I'm kind of a tech nerd and I like my digital tools. There's just for me something very, um, almost therapeutic about uh, using my my paper bullet journal at the end of the day to kind of make my plan for the next day. So uh, I know a lot of listeners really, uh, first of all, a lot of my listeners are very much in, you know, pen and paper girls, just like you've said you are. Uh, but there are also, there's a big, big subset of those that really enjoy bullet journaling as well. So I know they'll be interested to hear that that works for you. Yeah, I really enjoy it. And I use uh, a program called Ohm Writer. Mm. And I want to make sure, it's, so it's O-M-M Writer, and it's a distraction-free writing uh, program that when you when you open it up on your computer, you can only see that. You don't see anything else. There's no bells and whistles. It's not correcting your grammar or your spelling. You're just writing. And that's how I write 
most of my uh, work actually uh, in OMWriter and then I move it into a, an editing like WordPress or Word or something like that. Interesting. I've heard of that. I've never tried it. So that'll be where I'll make sure I put a link to that in the show notes and I'll check it out myself. Well, um, I do want to get, as I said, I do want to get into some your upcoming projects, but I got to ask a question I ask every guest on this show. It's one of my favorites because I learn something every time and listeners enjoy it too. So you've got these great, these systems in place, these, your morning routine, your priorities that you're very protective of. Even, even with that, do you and you know, you may be one who doesn't, but do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you just get stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? Of course I do. Of course <laughs> I have those days. In fact, it's so funny that you mentioned it because yesterday I had uh, my day pretty well planned out and then had planned to go to the gym in the evening and take a workout class. And I was with uh, my daughter's puppy all day long. And he he usually naps. And then I get quite a bit done while he's napping. But he was in a, a like, just play with me, play with me, play with me all day mood. And so I didn't get as much done. And I was really pretty tired and overwhelmed that I wasn't getting what I wanted done. And uh, that I was giving this adorable puppy so much attention. And so when I got home, I thought, oh my gosh, now I'm going to the gym because that's on my list. And I just decided that I wanted to sit around and read instead and just calm down and I canceled the gym. Mm. So that's just my most recent excuse, but it happens all the time. I mean, I would say on my, if I have my most productive day ever, the day after is one of my least productive days mm -hmm. after. And when I do get overwhelmed, especially when I catch myself in it, that's really the most important thing. If you can notice it when mm -hmm. it's happening, instead of letting it kind of snowball and you just end up doing the wheel spinning thing the rest of the day, if you can notice it, you can really pull back. And the morning routine helps me do that because A, I'm, I am more aware as a result of how I'm feeling, how I'm acting, and so when I notice it, I can go back to some of my meditation practices, not do them, but just think about them mm. and think about, you know, how can I underreact to this situation or what is really true about what's happening in this moment? Because sometimes if I don't ask myself that, I'll think, oh my gosh, you're such a loser. You can't do anything right. You say you have a simple life, but look, your life's a hot mess. There's crap all over your table and desk and you don't know what you're doing next that stuff's not true. That's just my inner voice getting a little nutty because she's overwhelmed. Yeah. So if I ask myself what is really true in the moment, then I can answer thoughtfully and think about what's happening and then act accordingly. I love it. That's such a, a, a awareness really is the starting point, isn't it? To become conscious of what you're feeling and why you're feeling it. And I love that question. What's really true about in this situation? Uh, because uh, anybody who's like me, my mind just goes a hundred miles an hour towards, okay, the world is coming to an end and I'm a big fraud and uh, nothing's ever going to be right again. But to take a breath and take a step back and say, okay, you know, just because your desk is a mess doesn't mean the world is coming to an end. 
Exactly. I love it. Um, Courtney, what is on the horizon for you? I know you have a, a new book coming out. You've written, uh, t- uh, I'll put links to the books, what you've written so far in the show notes, but tell us about the new book. My new book is coming out on December 26th and it's called Soulful Simplicity. It is available now for pre-order and I have a few exciting simplicity inspired bonus gifts that won't clutter up your desk (laughs) or home. Uh, But I'm really excited about this. It's probably the project that I have worked the, the longest on and have put more of my heart and soul into this than anything else I've done. So I'm, I'm very excited for it to be out in the world. It sounds great. So tell, can you, can you give us a preview of what soulful simplicity is? Sure. So soulful simplicity is really how I identify my simplicity journey. And I've broken it down into four sections, which represent the, the four parts of my life that have seen the biggest change. And so the four sessions are called making me is number one, making me, which is about, you know, learning to trust myself again, finding my way back to health. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a section called making space, which is all about uh, getting rid of clutter and creating the kind of space that you would rather live in versus store stuff in. Mm -hmm. And then I have a section called making time, which really speaks to a lot of our conversation here today. Uh, And then the fourth session, which is really my favorite, is called Making Love. And it's all about our relationships and the meaningful stuff in our lives and uh, how to give that more of our attention. Wow, that sounds wonderful. It's, it's, It's interesting to me because just that brief description resonates so much with me and the things that I've been thinking about lately. I think I'm a little bit older than you and maybe at a little different stage of life, but all those things you've talked about are um, the kinds of things that have been on my mind. So I can't wait to read it. I will look forward. You said it's available for pre-order now. So folks who are listening on the day this comes out, go to, you know, where wherever books can be ordered. I guess it's available on Amazon and various other places like that. Anywhere you can think of, uh, pretty much it's available. And if you visit uh, the book page, which is bemorewithless.com slash soulful-simplicity, you can see how to get the, the pre-order bonus gifts. Excellent. I will, I, I'll definitely be pre-ordering. Um, where, can, where can people connect with you online, Courtney? If they want to learn more about the things that you're doing and um, the, the journey you've been on and the way maybe you can help them with their journey, where, where can they find you? I recommend visiting my website, bemorewithless.com, or um, hopping over to Instagram. I'm the same uh, name, at bemorewithless. Uh, Those are two places where you can learn quite a bit about me, and uh, we can connect that way. Excellent. So before we go, I wonder if you have any last words for the listener who might be looking for a little help in, in getting things done uh, but even more than that, in making a life that matters, uh, do you have any any last thoughts for her or him? I recommend trying to understand why you want something different for starters. Why do you want something else? 
and write that down, whatever that why is. Uh, for me, when I wrote those things down, you know, why I wanted better health, uh, why I wanted the debt collectors to stop calling me, uh, why I wanted to do work that I really enjoyed with people who I cared about, uh, write down your why and connect to that and keep that front and center so that as you are making the changes that you want to make, you have a strong heart connection to what matters most to you. And that's going to help tremendously. Great advice. Thank you so much, Courtney, for taking time to talk with us today. Thanks, Laura. I really appreciate Courtney for taking the time to share her thoughts on how she manages her own life and for her great suggestions and encouraging words for the rest of us. But what do you think? Do you have any questions for Courtney? Anything that she said that sparked uh, questions in your mind or ideas? I would love to hear from you and I know she would as well. You can share your questions or thoughts in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 160. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. Or even better, if you're a woman who listens to this show, you are welcome to join me in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. Um, just go to theproductivewoman.com slash group and click on the join button. I'd love to welcome you in. Be sure to answer the questions. There are a couple questions there um, that uh, you need to answer so I know you're a real person. Uh, and then I'd love to welcome you into the community. Community. We have great conversations going on in there. If you'd like to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, and I would love to hear from you. A quick word about our sponsor, BarkBox. This is a, um, a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. Uh, I think the one I got was, um, you know, it was around kind of New York and and uh, all the toys and the treats in there were on that theme. Um, but it's a very simple um process to sign up. You tell them how big your dog is. You choose a plan, whether it's a month to month, a one month plan, a six month plan. They have 12 month plans uh, that you can sign up for, but you can cancel anytime and it's free shipping within the United States. And then whatever plan you sign up for, you get this box with these treats. They pick all natural treats and innovative toys to match your dog's unique needs, including if your dog has allergies or is a heavy chewer. All the edibles are made in the United States or Canada, and they test all their products on their own dogs. Uh, so it's a great way to try a variety of treats and toys from local and small businesses that you might otherwise not be able to find. Um and uh, get new and interesting toys to keep your dog engaged and happy. If your dog doesn't like something in the box, they will send you something you'll love to replace it for free because they are all about dog happiness. As I said, there's free shipping on any Bark Box within the continental United States. So for a free extra month of BarkBox, you can visit BarkBox.com slash productive when you subscribe to a six or 12 month plan and they'll add that on to your, that free month onto your subscription. It could be a great gift for the dog lover on your holiday gift giving list. So definitely check out BarkBox at BarkBox.com slash productive and uh, let me know what you think. 
Also, don't forget if you're looking for help with child care, home care, elder care in this holiday season or in the new year, visit care.com slash productive to get 30% off a care.com premium membership and find the caregiver who's just right for you and your family. I have loved both of these services, recommend them personally, and I thank care.com and BarkBox for supporting the productive woman. And finally... If you're looking for support, ideas, and accountability in identifying and pursuing your goals in the coming year, I would love to work with you. Visit the Work With Me page on the Productive Woman website to learn more about mastermind groups and personalized one-on-one productivity coaching. New mastermind groups are starting at the beginning of January, and so I'm taking the applications now, filling those small groups up. I'm only going to do one or two groups in the um, first quarter of 2018, but it's a great way to kick off your year with a group, small group of like-minded women who will encourage you, provide that accountability, help you come up with ideas uh, as you get clarity and focus on your goals for 2018. Visit theproductivewoman.com slash services to learn more. And that, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and with Courtney. I hope you found something in it that's helpful to you. I hope Courtney's words were as encouraging and thought-provoking to you as they were to me. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.